Hosting for Your Tech Life, proudly provided by Web Central. Everything technology, from computers to mobile phones, TVs and the internet. Information you want, want all the help you need. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you very much for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, wherever you're downloading from, iTunes, Pocket Casts, Downcasts, I don't know. It is still my, my, my favourite thing to learn from people. Uh, whether it's on Twitter, at Trevor Long, or at Your Tech Life, or at EFTM, but me is at Trevor Long. Um, or whether it's via email on the website, eftm.com.au. I'd love to know how you listen, where, what app do you use? Um, it's, it's really interesting to me. Uh, and it's not a stat that's very easily available. That's all I'm saying. Uh, great to have your company. There is probably too much to fit into this show. I may list things here that don't fit in, okay? Because we do like to keep it to under an hour. 45 minutes is nice. But I just have this sense. I have this sense we're going to push right up to the hour. So buckle up, sit down. We're in for a long ride. No, it's fun. A couple of really cool innovations tonight. In fact, lots of innovations tonight. Apps, uh, Aussies doing cool things with apps. One of them, not really relevant to the, to the majority of us, but it'll make you think about music in retail stores. And if you are a retailer of any sort, cafe, uh, clothing, restaurant, doesn't matter, this is very interesting and you will have to listen to this. Okay, stand by for that one. If you share a house with um, with friends or even random people, uh, you know, people just do want ads and, you know, share house, room available. If this is you, I found a very cool app, a very cool app that might just change the way you all interact and the chores that get done and how the bills are split. Um, the Commonwealth Bank announced some really cool stuff today, one of which I think is just mind-blowingly simple and awesome, uh, which is not leading us to a cashless society, as will please many people. In fact, it endorses the fact that cash is still important. We have calls on uh, on, on recalls, NBN, House of Cards, passwords, possibly even internet speeds. Oh, I'm exhausted already, and we haven't even got through the intro. Oh, breathe, everyone. Um, if you're lying down in bed listening, about to go to sleep, probably I get very excited during this show. Uh, maybe, maybe don't. No, stay awake, listen through. And if you if you do miss out, then um, uh, we'll catch up again later. And uh, if if you're Paul or Rach, hi. Um, uh, it's a cross podcast cheerio thing. Uh, Paul Murray, good mate of mine, and, and Rachel Corbett do a great little podcast called Paul and Rach. Uh, look for it on the iTunes store. Um, Probably, I should say, not adult content, but you know, it's 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 FM radio without the broadcast restrictions, so a little bit not safe for work. So keep the headphones on uh, and keep the kitties away. Paul, uh, Paul and Rach, uh, great fun. I, I, you know what? It's the first podcast I've found, other than Hamish and Andy, that I can just put on in the car and just listen as my entertainment, as my radio. Um, so that, that's, that's I hope, a strong endorsement. Great show. Paul and Rach, look for it on iTunes. All thanks to this show, though, Your Tech Life. All thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation, GPS Technologies. You are listening to Your Tech Life. And thank you for listening, Your Tech Life. If you want to get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com.au. Uh, send me an email. That's how you get in touch. That's how I say good day, and that's how we get you on the show. Good day, Paul. Oh, good day, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Um, listen, I was just listening to your podcast um, last week, I think it was, and you were talking about this heartbleed security threat thing. Yep. And uh, you were talking about how people uh, need to change their passwords and so forth. Mm. And I know from uh, past experience, it's a real pain. So I've got dozens, if not hundreds, of websites I've registered on and banks and all sorts of stuff. And so a while ago, um, if you don't mind, I'd like to offer a recommendation to yeah, software. Yeah, sure. And, you know, it's interesting because I literally do manage my passwords in my head and I... I you know, I probably give too much away by saying it, but you know, my bank password is just randomly different to anything else. Uh, my email password is is a very special and unique password, but pretty much everything else is one because keeping too many passwords in your head is is ridiculous, and I, I've mm. always struggled with that. Well, I, I think I, I've been um, a culprit of just using one password for practically everything. Yeah which uh, they say is totally wrong. So I, I came up, I found a, a great piece of software. I mean, I use a Mac and Apple iPads and iPhones. Yep. It's called uh, 1Password. Right. And uh, what it is, it, uh, you can that for your iPad, your phone, um, your desktop computer, 
and also it has, um, I think they're called extensions for um, the browsers. Right, so it, it, it is a piece of software which you install onto each device that you use. So onto your computer at home, onto your um, iPhone, onto your Android phone perhaps, um, yep. and, and into browsers as a plug-in. And, mm. and how does it work? Well, and then as you go through um, collecting your passwords and visiting sites, this thing will open up and it'll give you an option of putting your own password in mm-hmm. or it'll generate one of these multi-character passwords you see which you've got no chance of remembering, but you don't need to. You only need to remember one password, I guess hence the name of the software, mm. is one major password. Once you've entered that, um, your, um, your master password, I should say, everything else opens up for you. <clears throat> and the good, good thing about it is um, it's all kept in sync via um, uh, Dropbox. So right. whenever you make a change, say you visit a new site on your iPad hmm. and you put your, a new username, your password in, um, it then becomes available on all your other devices, which is uh, great. And, and what if you go to an internet cafe and want to mm. go to Gmail? Um, well, I don't know. Um, cause I, only, I only ever use my own personal devices, so I can't yeah, even right. comment on that. Okay, so that that's um, and that's but, where um, that's probably the only reason I'm I've not gone there because I just think, a I, I mean obviously a bit unique, but I do use different computers almost every second week, mm. uh, and I just I don't think I could be bothered installing it every single time. But I, you know what I'm going to do? I've heard about it, I've heard people recommend it, and certainly during the Heartbleed thing, I heard people specifically recommend mm. One Password. So, for an endorsement from a, a, a what a, you're mm. a bus driver, aren't you, mate? That's right, a coach driver. I'd do um, from state, uh, endorsement coach from a I coach. You probably about six six months ago. I think I about the sat nav. That's the one. That's yes. right. And you made a recommendation, but uh, unfortunately, so with, without go with without being without being disrespectful, an endorsement from an average everyday user of technology for a product like yeah. this means a means a whole lot to to me and to yeah. everyone. So exactly. I'll definitely give that a whirl. I'm going to put it on my Mac. Uh, is is it the case that? Um, it knows when you go and change a password. So if I am on a Mac and I've installed it, I mean, what I want to do is I want to change my password everywhere as I go through life. I don't want to have to just go into one hit. So it kind of no, knows well, when you're entering a password, I guess, doesn't it? It, it does, and uh, it has. Uh, it knows when you want to change it. And the good thing about it too, like you were saying about going to an internet cafe, is you've always got your mobile phone with most people, mm. and it's on there. So you can just look it up and say, well, I'll just – you look it up and say, I'll just manually enter – Oh, so you can actually, on the app, you can actually see it. So if I go, oh, I'm on yeah, Gmail, yeah. and because it's a random password for every single different thing, then yep. uh, I don't, yeah, that's, so that's, oh, I see what you're saying. So you actually use yeah. the app not just to control the password, but to also um, manually enter it when you need to. Mm. Uh, and not just passwords. It's great for things like um, you can put in um, logins, uh, secure notes, credit card details, IDs, passwords, and license details. Right. So, it's like a secure vault, I guess, and they actually call them vaults, I believe, in the software. You go to different vaults. Okay. And you've only got to remember that one password, which is great for me because, like you, I just can't remember all those bloody passwords and usernames as well. And when you go to a site and once you unlock your master password, it automatically fills in the things for you and goes to your, to your logs in automatically for you. It's great. Yeah, right. Create a new vault. I'm already in it, man. I'm already downloaded. It doesn't think my, my master password is good enough, though, so... That's my problem. Yeah. I'm going to have to work on that. I need to come right. up with a new master yeah. password. All right. Thank you for the recommendation, my friend. Very good of you. Thank you. I'll look forward to hearing your podcast. Cheers, mate. Good on you, mate. And you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is Your Tech Life, the website and the brand, the, the name is EFTM. Uh, my name's Trevor Long. You can follow me on Twitter and all those different things. But you can also jump on iTunes if you're uh, an iTunes user and uh, share your thoughts on the program. I much appreciate people doing that. Um, there's several hundred that have done that, and it's it's great to read them. But also, as I say, it's not just about me. It's great for prospective listeners who go, oh, right, it is good. Um, that's how people find good content is through discovery, through star ratings and things like that. So if you're jumping onto iTunes, um, jump in there for me and uh Say good day. Tell me what you think of the show um, and rate it. I mean, that's an easy thing to do. Um, I'm just looking at, um, for example, uh, Pocket Casts, which is another um, uh, po- podcast app, probably probably the best on the market, really, um, on Android and iOS. I've got it on Android at the moment. I'm not seeing the ability to rate a show or leave comments. Um, maybe we should talk to the people at Shifty Jelly about that. 
Um, but I'd love to know if there are other apps um, that you podcast on that perhaps um, would be uh, would be good for people to know about, and also if people can do ratings and reviews and things there, because that's um, that's always very useful. Anyway, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for downloading. Leave a la- leave a rating, leave a star rating, leave a comment on iTunes. Uh, fire up iTunes, search for Your Tech Life, and uh, leave a comment. Love to uh, read them out on the air. <laughs> Uh, check out the great products at Garmin, garmin.com.au, um, long-time supporters of Your Tech Life. Um, and I love looking at the different range of Garmin automotive GPS products. So these are simple, in your car, get me from A to B GPS units. And, you know, for example, the Nuvi 42LM, right? This is a $99 GPS, 99 bucks, under $100, and a retail is probably less, which has free lifetime maps in it, Right? Free lifetime maps. So for 99 bucks, you're getting maps up, upgraded until they don't get upgraded again, which is never. As long as the thing keeps working, you're getting new maps. It's a 4.3-inch display. It has Australia and New Zealand maps. Lane assist with junction view. This is a really cool feature that, that you, if you haven't seen it, you have to experience it on a, on a busy road with lots of lanes. It shows you which lane to be in. It displays the speed limit, current speed, accurate arrival time, easy to find addresses and thousands of points of interest and of course spoken turn by turn directions it's it's what you would call the most basic gps but can you believe the most basic gps has both free time free lifetime map upgrades and it has that lane assist with junction view it's a fantastic little feature and uh, the new v42 lm 4.3 inch nav um, navigator for your car it's just 99 bucks check out uh, a retailer near you uh, and you can find them at garmin.com.au <laughs> And thank you for listening to Your Tech Life. You can go to the website eftm.com.au to get in touch. Say good day. If you've got a question about technology, problems with technology, or you just want advice about anything technology in your life, that's the place to go. Get in touch. We'll get you on the show. We'll have a chat. Now, there's one thing in life that I've never experienced, and that is sharing a house with uh, random friends or strangers. Um, for some reason, I've just either always lived alone or with my partner, and uh, and obviously now my wife and kids, so let's not, let's not kid ourselves. But I was thinking about this when I saw the idea for an app that might help you with those share home expenses. Maybe my seven-year-old could contribute more, but that'll probably come in a few years. But uh, who we talk often about the fact that there's an app for that, and there really is. Uh, this one's um, a very interesting little app that will help you... Uh, Hopefully, share those expenses and uh, manage your share home a little bit differently. And uh, one of the men behind it, uh, Jules, is on the line. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Trevor. Yourself? Yeah, really good. Now, what's uh, what's behind this? Getfairshare.com is the website. Uh, what's behind the idea? Is is it that you're a, you're a share home advocate yourself? Well, I've been in a share house um, for nearly 11 years, about 10 and a half years now. So yep. I moved in at the tail end of my university days and I'm now in my mid-30s and I'm still in a share house with my girlfriend who I recently got engaged to. So Congratulations. Being, thank you. Been given the ultimatum. We've got to move out uh, <laughs> at some point next year. So it'll, it'll be coming to an end, but it's been, a, it's been a fantastic experience. It's a big share house right in the heart of Melbourne, in East Melbourne, mm-hmm. um, right near the MCG. And um, started off with just a group of mates, seven bedrooms, an old doctor's clinic that we converted into a residential place. And uh, five, of, five of the original six of us were all good friends. Um, and, you know, we had a great time for about a year and a half. But in the tail end of the second year, we had new people move into the house, some of whom weren't old friends. And, you know, the general domestic issues that pop up in most households, whether it's a share house or a normal family house or even, a, you know, you're just living with your partner um, around cooking, cleaning and shopping and whatnot, yeah. uh, popped up again and again and again. And so we tried uh, a roster and we tried various other sort of systems, none of which worked very well. And ultimately, we tinkered with this system, which at the time we called a point system, hmm. um, whereby if you do any cooking or cleaning or shopping, any communal-based activity that's hmm. of the benefit to other housemates, 
you got a few points for that. Oh. And uh, all the points were democratically determined. So people just voted on, okay, cleaning the bathrooms worth, say, 15 points and, you know, sort of taking out the bins might be worth one point or, yeah. you know, cooking a meal for the whole house might be worth 20, whatever it was. Just let's and, not tell um, my wife about this, okay, because she'll want this here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well... We've got a lot of guys out there that have told me don't, don't that literally get angry with me and tell me that I you can never tell my wife about this app you've developed because it'll be the end of our friendship. But um, I had for the, I had a novel experience the other day just to jump around a bit. I had a novel experience where I actually had a, a female friend who's in a just recently got married to a mate of mine and, and and the mate strangely enough does more of the domestic work. She contributes a little bit more financially hmm. and. Uh, and she was the one who was angry with me. But effectively, <laughs> the, the underlying, it's, if you go both ways, I, I grew up with a, a father that cooked about 13 nights a fortnight and a mother who couldn't cook to save herself. And she'd cook um, one meal, which she did well, but, um, but she did more of the cleaning. Which is so why I, you, I, you, need a, you need a system about the value. So, so it's all about the value it, of, of chores around the home? Correct, correct. So it's about it's about allowing for people to make what was previously invisible housework visible, right. and um, and in doing so, encouraging a degree of equality in contributions. Um, we tried that for a year, where everyone was expected to do an equal amount. Um, it worked pretty well, but we we had a modif what seemed like a small modification to it at the time, but made a very drastic change and dramatically improved it. And that was we monetized the value of points. And in doing so, um, we then allow, enabled people who didn't want to do any housework the freedom to choose not to do any at all, um, whereas others that may have been a little bit short for change to do significantly more than their fair share and get compensated accordingly. And how, how so, does that get compensated? That's just another one of the bills that gets split so that there's, a, there's an amount of money that needs to be then paid out. I mean, if I'm the lazy one, correct. I'm not doing anything. So correct. you guys, if there's six of us in the house um, there, and yep. I do nothing... The, I have to pay more you know, on my, my share of the home, the rent, the electricity, whatever it is. Uh, that's just another bill for me, which gets split amongst you guys? Exactly. Wow. So if, if, let, let, let's say we've, we've had a few housemates that, you know, generally more often than not, the, the really lazy individuals are Name guys, them. They're not, not listening. Name them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll lose a few friends if I do that. Um, but no, no, I, 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 they're, not, they're not the common, but there's, there's always one or two. Yep. And, and then they have the, um, the ability just to pay, you know, what might be, you know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks extra in the month. And they effectively get, you know, housemates to do all the cleaning for them, to do all their shopping and to cook for them on a regular basis. Mm. And so there's no domestic issues. Um, you know, we haven't, we, we still have our issues, you know, it's a of big course. seven person house. We'll still have social issues over, you know, different things, but we don't have domestic issues. So, um, you know, in terms of those regular nagging problems that crop up, we effectively got rid of those about eight years ago and we haven't seen them ever since. So, and so, so you developed this as, a, as an idea, like a chart system, I guess, at, at home. Correct. And then Correct. somewhere along the line, someone said, why don't we build an app and share this idea with other people? Is that the concept? Is that how it happens? Yeah, basically. It was, it was, it was over a period of about five years, you know, lots of people would come into the house and they'd say, at first, this is a little bit strange, this is a little bit unusual, but, you know, invariably after one or two days, they go, wait a sec, this really works, and yeah. it works extremely well. And, and they would suggest, why don't you turn it into a website? And I was like, no, nah, no one ever wants to log stuff on a website. It's, yeah. just not, it's, hmm. you know, it's, just, it's just not efficient, and it's not really a cultural norm, and it never will be. But when smartphones became sufficiently prevalent, you know, in the last couple of years, where pretty much everybody has one, I'm like, well, you know, most people are glued to their smartphone for a reasonably significant proportion of the day. And, you know, just logging that you've done some task, which effectively communicates it to the rest of the house, mm. is a very simple activity. And I think most people, not most people necessarily, but many people would be willing to do that to get rid of all the domestic issues in their house. And, um, and that's the thing, isn't it? Uh, the domestic conversations, whether it's, geez, I'm frustrated with, you know, Joe Bloggs because he just won't bloody clean the toilet or whatever. Um, yeah. Those are the things that actually bring these these relationships down, don't they? Because you ha you have a exactly. it's like a political split in the home, and, and so this thing is really, if you think about it, it's really a social network for the home. Because not only are it, you are you managing those chores, but then you, then you're seeing stuff as it as they happen. You're also able to communicate with each other to say, you know what, I'm in, I am in charge of dinner tonight. Are you are you, are you guys all cool with? you know, whatever it is I'm planning to make or, or, I mean, it is, it's the full experience in, in the app, isn't it? 
Exactly. So it's, it's, it's effectively a private social network for your household and it has that task element, which I was talking about. Yeah. One thing I should say is you obviously don't have to monetize. Most people don't, we've found, the, the people that have been using it. Right. Um, they just, you know, it's just a way in which they have visibility Managing. over something they previously didn't. Oh, but they're um, monetizing it. The they're, they're sitting across the room going, you lazy sod. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, I, I was at a mate's place over the weekend who's, um, who's, who's got a young baby and is, 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 is obviously married and whatnot, and he's, um, he's been using it for the last month now. And uh, his wife has done twice the housework as he's done. And, and he's relatively happy about that because <laughs> he's like, well, I, she was saying I was doing less than half of what she was doing and I'm obviously doing a little bit more than half. Oh, but, Lord, yes. So that's, that's a win for him. But um, It's interesting, but though. Yeah, the, most... the allocation of points is a really important part of it because my what, what happened the other day? My wife said to me, I said, oh, when I clean the house, she goes, you tidied the house. And I went, oh, okay, fair enough. I, I think it looks pretty good. I'd have people round, okay? Um, and, and then I mowed the lawns and, and she's, she went, did you clean the toilets? I'm like, well, I've got to say, a couple of hours out on the lawnmower feels to me like the same value. And this is the conversation we should have had and we should have allocated points to that because I'd probably yeah. opt for the toilets over the lawn mowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can. Time's obviously one of the main ingredients and of how you value things, and that's the that's the that's the key way in which the app works. But we also have a difficulty measure. So, say if you said, you know, there's a dodgy task that no one liked to do, you can you can give it more points yeah, so right. that it encourages people to do it. Um, so, if there's something that just doesn't get done, um, you just up the points, and then strangely enough, all of a sudden it gets done pretty quickly. And, and what about um, the bills? So, so how, how does that all come about? When because obviously, yes. you know, the bills are the wouldn't wouldn't the bills be as equally a challenging part of a share home? And again, excuse my ignorance, but I just would have thought that you know even even electricity is a difficult thing to manage across a group of people. It's got to either be equally shared, or there's got to be a very clear agreement as to the fact that you're sucking up more electricity because of that stuff in your room or whatever. That all mm. gets allocated in. Does someone input the bills in, and, and that gets shared out, or is it just a kind of a, an acknowledgement of stuff being paid? Yeah, it's um, it's both. It's more the former in terms of you you enter say you pay and then bill. It's a hundred dollars. There's four of you living together, and bang, you can just split it evenly where each person's paying twenty five dollars each. Or you might say one person's paying more because of whatever reason. But most share houses they just split it evenly. Hmm. Um, it's pretty difficult to work out who's used more electricity or water or gas than yeah. than others. So I, I'm not familiar with any share house where the, the split is anything other than even. Yeah. Um, but it means that you can you can that, that's the other big component of the app. So I should just say that the app has the um, effectively three components. One of which is the tasks, which mm -hmm. I've just spoken to. The second is this finances and bookkeeping section. The third is like the house feed. So a little bit right. like the the, um, the the news feed of Facebook but yep. in that second aspect in terms of the bookkeeping it's where you can log who's paid rent or who's paid bills or who's paid for some communal shopping mm. and then it just keeps track of everything and works out exactly how much everybody owes anybody else at any point in time and what the most efficient way to level out to settle I suppose all the different um, you know, people in the house to get them to zero. So if there was three people, one person's paid, you know, $1,000 for rent, another's paid, you know, $200 in bills and another's paid $100 in, in shopping, it'll work out that across those three, what's that? My mass isn't perfect, but $1,300 divided by three and then it works out, you know, who should be paying who and exactly how much. So it's just, yeah. it's effectively like a, an accounting software system for the home in terms of the bookkeeping aspect. Yeah, because, you know, the, a lot of people would be literally paying out sitting there and waiting and saying hey, where's your hundred dollars for the for the electricity and waiting to pay the bill when if you all just pay the bills and pay them as they happen and then you end up having having an account of who's owed more or or isn't owed exactly. anything or whatever it might exactly. the case may be so i mean you only launched very recently did you not yeah we launched about eight weeks ago on the 21st yep. of of feb so maybe nine weeks ago and now. how long was the development cycle how long did it take you to build the thing uh, we started developing it at the very tail end of April last year, so almost okay. bang on 12 months ago. That's and so bad. it took us about 10 months to get the full system out. We got it out both on iOS and Android, so we, we knew we had to get it out on both of the two main platforms. Yep. We want to get it out on, obviously, Windows and maybe even BlackBerry in the, in the, in the not-too-distant future, but you know, 95 or 90% of smartphones are those two operating systems. So we had to get it on both, so, um, so we launched concurrently on those two. Um, and that's why it took a little bit longer than, than, than what it would have otherwise. Um, but it's a pretty comprehensive app. So we, um, you know, it's, it's still an, an MVP to use some of the tech lingo, a minimum viable product. Yeah. But it's a, it's a more extensive MVP than most other um, apps that are launched out there. Pretty, um, pretty, pretty detailed pretty. MVP. What, um, is it free or is there a cost? 
Yeah, totally free. We we, we figured what? something. Like, how are you making? How does this work? Oh, this, this is what confuses me about the world of apps. This looks like a beautiful app. It looks like you've done a good job in, in incorporating the iOS 7 style flat design. If that was a fluke, I yeah. don't know. But yeah. um, it looks nice. Uh, it, it seems to do a lot. How does this become? How? Why? How? Why? In terms of how do we make money? Or, yeah. Yeah. Um, how we make money? To, the, the very short and honest answer is we don't know yet. Um, but we're, You're like we're, Twitter. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. Well, if, if we get to a twenty or thirty billion dollar valuation in in six to seven years, then I guess that there'll be worse things that could 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 come of it. Mm. Um, no, we're of the view effectively that business isn't about making money per se. It's about creating value in the world and monetizing a proportion of that value. Mm. So we're really focused on working out how we can maximize the the value Product. that we create for as yeah. many people around the world. Um, and it's it's a global app. We've we've put it out there globally um and it's got a lot of traction in in the in australia in the us and germany being our three top markets at this point in time um and then you know over we, we're, we're about to um, start fundraising so we're looking for a seed round of financing at the moment and we're going to figure out exactly how we make money at some point um you know early to mid next year so we just want to keep you know developing the product and getting it out um, and hopefully getting you know tens of thousands and then hundreds of thousands of users and and ideally in the long term who knows where it goes um, and then you know if people are engaging with it really frequently and and um, and getting value from it well, I'm sure we'll be able to find some way to make to make a make a dollar from it it, it you know it is a it's an amazingly brilliant approach because as long as you've obviously got the cash to stump up for the development then you do open yourself up to a potentially you've got a user base and then you Correct. whether it's it might not be through directly advertising but it might be through you know product um not endorsements either but the idea of you you know what people are doing so you'll know more about these people than than most just in terms of how much they're spending electricity they could they, they could get electricity off which saves the money and all those kind of things yes. which actually return value to the user and you know give you a nice commission and those kind of things so there are some really interesting ways of monetizing a free app and i guess that's what's really exciting about the world of apps and startups obviously you're all um, you know, not pining for uh, for work, so you're able to put this thing together, which is, you know, yeah. the the best part about it, and build it from a, a personal knowledge base. So it's yeah. it's a bloody yeah. great idea. I mean, the the idea that you could do so much, and I, I got to tell you, there's no way this is an MVP, man. This is this is complex. You could have done the, just the point system. Any any three one of those um, portions of the app would be in mm. themselves an MVP. But this is this is, I think, a step or two above that. Um, and that's that's uh, that's to be congratulated. It's a very nice, sleek-looking app. Um, obviously, you're getting great feedback already uh, in the app stores and the like, which is fantastic. Um, and just what you want to see. It must be quite rewarding when you when you kind of jump in and you and you see people. You know, some of the comments are, are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. We've got a lot of a lot of very positive feedback, so we're we're very happy about that. Um, some of the critical feedback has been on the Android side of things. We're all, not all of us, but most of us have got um, iPhones. And so with the Android, we made a few very small design um, issues where it just wasn't consistent with the general Android um, you know, design guidelines. But we've rectified all those over the last of, you know, five or six weeks. Hmm. And, and then all of, the, all of the critical feedback on Android's pretty much dissipated now. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it was positive from day one. Um, on 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 the App Store, and um, we've dealt with pretty much all the major issues that um, that that people on Android had. So, uh, yeah, we're just we're we're listening very closely to our users. We figure that these type of products um, become the best in class um, if you're the company or you're the business that listens most closely to your users and adapts the product based on their their preferences, which Absolutely. is where we're doing. Yeah. It's called Fair Share. Um, if you operate in a smart home or uh, you have a relationship which forces you to do such things like I can see my wife wanting me to do, uh, <laughs> that's becoming a problem. But that's okay. It's called Fair Share, and uh, you can check it out in both the Google Play and the uh, Apple App Store, or you can check it out on the website at getfairshare.com. Jules, congratulations. Mate. Love the app. Great idea, and uh, wish you all the best success throughout. Fantastic. Thank you, Trevor. So I was at the head office of uh, the Commonwealth Bank today and uh, listened to their uh, bigwigs uh, tell us about some really cool products. Now, the ComBank, honestly, uh, I don't know of a more innovative company. I don't. They seem to do cool things quickly, and everyone seems to follow them. 
um, with great shock. And look, with the greatest respect to Westpac, uh, they followed them today. They made all these great announcements at the Combank, and then Westpac said, oh, by the way, we're going to do this. It felt a lot like a a (laughs) follow-up, not an announcement. So three things the Commonwealth Bank launched today, which I thought I'd share with you. For small business people, um, they launched a small business app. So it's a distinct app for iPhone and Android that allows you to interact with your small business accounts, but also invoice, receipts, cash management, cash flow is all in the app. Plus, there's a little thing called Emmy. It's a small device, smaller than an iPhone, which is a pin pad. You can accept payments on the go, credit card, debit card, tap and go payments. Uh, you can accept them linked Emmy, this little portable tap, um, tap and go and, and, and chip reader, um, pin pad, pairs up with your phone and links up with this small business app and you can, you can receive payments. You can do your estimates and your invoices and your receipts all on the app. And then, you know, bingo, the, uh, the, the payments are made right there and then. So if you're an out-and-about business person, certainly, tradies and the like, unbelievable facility to actually be able to accept credit cards. The number of tradies we had around here during our, our short renovations um, that, you know, I had to go and get cash for, it was so annoying. Honestly, in this day and age, cash shouldn't be the only option. I understand some people prefer it, and I'm not going to question your reasoning for that. But it shouldn't be the only option you present to customers. That's all I'm saying. So that was cool. Secondly, they had a, a, a lock and leave feature or lock and something else feature. But anyway, lock doesn't matter. Uh, but it's a feature that basically um, allows you in your app to go to go into a credit card and say, I don't want this credit card to be allowed to work overseas in stores. I don't want this credit card to be allowed to work on online overseas. I want the limit on this credit card to be only a couple of hundred dollars, or I want to uh, restrict this credit card from making cash tra- cash withdrawals. So you can actually do all those settings in the app. So you sw- you give the card to your to your your partner and say go knock yourself out, uh, spend you know go up spend up to five hundred dollars down at the Westfields. You stop them, turn off cash. They can't withdraw cash. They can't shop online. They can't shop overseas. It's fantastic. Um, but it's not really about restricting your own use. It's about l- saying, I don't need all those things. I don't need to shop overseas. I don't need to shop online overseas. Turn it off so that I can't be scammed. Someone gets the card number, they can't use it. That's cool. But the last one, which was actually their kind of smallest announcement in terms of getting fanfare, was cash, getting cash without a card from an ATM. So in May, every single Commonwealth Bank ATM in the country, there's 3,000 of them, We'll have the facility for you to withdraw cash without a card. And here's how it works. You've got a Commonwealth Bank account. You've got cash in it. You've got the Commonwealth Bank app. You open the app. You choose cash, get cash, get cash cardless or cardless get cash or somebody. Thing. Anyway, uh, you press a button. <laughs> you tell it how much money you want. And then you decide, do you want to collect it or do you want someone else to collect it? If you want to collect it, it then gives you an eight-digit cash code. Go up to the ATM, you say, I want to get card-free cash. Get cash cardless. I can't remember the words. Uh, And then you enter that eight-digit code, you enter the PIN, and the cash comes out. You don't swipe a card anywhere. No skimming, people. No skimming. If, if If I had a Commonwealth Bank account and you sent me a text saying, Trev, I need 50 bucks. Can you help me out? I can, I can open the app. I can choose get cash. I can say for someone else. I can type in your mobile number. It sends you a text message with the eight-digit cash number and a message from me. It then sends you a second text message with the PIN number. You walk up to any Commonwealth Bank ATM, enter those two numbers, the cash comes out. Unbelievably simple concept. And here's the best part about it. It It was just some random person at the ComBank's idea. It wasn't some big, you know, executive uh, brainstorming session. It was just someone that went, hey, I've got an idea. What do you think? And they did it. I love that about innovation in business. If you want to know more about it or see details of it, it's on the website, eftm.com.au. If you're a ComBank customer, I want to know if you're using all these new innovations that they've come out with. They're, they're, they're transacting millions of dollars a week via their new mobile apps. Just not sure who's doing it. So interesting to hear from you about that, but some great innovation from the Commonwealth Bank, which continue. 
Um, if you're a customer, let me know. Say good day, and I'd love to know how you're using these new innovations from the Commonwealth Bank. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Your tech life uh, via EFTM, EFTM.com.au. If you want to get in touch, say good day. Questions, problems, advice on anything technology, just send me an email uh, via the website, EFTM.com.au. G'day, Will. Hello, Trevor. How are you? Good, mate. What can I do for you? Look, I have a a bit of a problem, actually. Um, It's regarding, um, I suppose, one of your previous podcasts about about warranties and the Mm -hmm. the change to the laws. I remember we had uh, Mark on, had a big problem with his Samsung TV, the the extended warranty you bought, and, you know, lots of palaver. And and we then spoke to, I think it's Rod Sim from Fair Trading, talking about the new laws. So what's your issue? Okay, my issue is I purchased uh, not too long ago at all uh, one of those fancy Dyson um, heat and cool fans. Oh, yeah, yeah I've got one of those. Fans. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're not cheap. No, they're, <laughs> they're not. not cheap at all, as nothing Dyson is. Um, but, geez, but, they make but, good but stuff, though. Fan. It does work, doesn't yeah. it? Oh, high-quality stuff, high-quality yeah. stuff, absolutely. Um, the, the problem we have is there was a recall... Um, worldwide uh, for the, the, the product series um, because they were causing fires um, in, in the units. Um, wow. Really? Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty big deal. Um, okay, I wasn't I, I don't aware think of they were causing like house fires, but I mm-hmm. think sort of internal to the unit fires. Anyway, yep. they, were, they were busted. And so there's been a, a, a complete and utter recall. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm just um, on their website, Electrical Safety Recall Dyson Hot and Dyson Hot Plus Cool uh, affects all yeah. these products sold between March 2012 and March 2014. Yes, spot okay. on, spot on. So, yeah, two-year bracket of uh, all of them being being busted. Look, look they've been really good. Um, you can go directly to, to Dyson. You register details on their website. Yeah. They send you a box. You, you return it, and they'll fix it and, and send it back to you. So on, on the surface, it looks like a pretty good service. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem I've had is I registered for the service over a month ago, um, yet to receive the box. I uh, gave them a call uh, just late last week and, and they basically admitted that it hadn't been sent because uh, they are well and truly behind. So it's already four weeks without being able to use the units. Um, and then they said that once I do get the box, which I'm still not yet, you know, I haven't got it yet, it's another week, yeah. uh, it's going to be another four to six weeks servicing time. And, and we're coming again, up to winter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's your problem, uh, isn't it? And then we've yeah. got delivery time as well. Yeah, look, we, we purchased it. We've got a, um, a young fellow who's 11 months now. Yep. It's starting to get pretty cool. Um, uh, I don't know, Melbourne, I'm in Brisbane, but you know, it's coming up to sort of seven degrees uh, on the weekend. And yep. we just want to sort of warm the room, so he's, he's pretty comfortable at night. That's why and we have heaters. Yeah, exactly. All right, exactly. so bottom line, you're just, you're just, with, you're just yeah, behind the eight ball here. You're not, you're not, it's not getting the turnaround that you would want. Um, you want to use the product, but you're obviously taking their warning and not using the product because there's a recall. But, you know, you don't want to go months and months without the product and net leading yeah, into winter. Yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose. Yeah, I understand. Okay. Well, look, I mean... I spoke to Dyson yep. and they basically said, tough luck, it is what it is. Yeah, right, okay. And look, you know, you've got to, I guess, look at it from their perspective. Uh, they would have hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of these things out there. It must be a logistical nightmare to perform yep. a recall like this. Uh so I, you know, I have some sympathy for them in that sense. But you know, for an individual, you know, who just wants to use it and doesn't want to run the risk, then you know, you're, you're well in your in your bounds to kind of be unhappy. I'm not sure that there's anything you can do in terms of, you know, legally. It's not like they've got a turnaround time. They've issued a recall. They've got the process in place. But look, I, the, lots of the people from Dyson I knew have moved on, but there are still a couple of people there I know. So let me take your your uh, your case to them and say, hey, eleven month old child, can we can we get them a heater for for, for winter? <laughs> And, well, uh, and look, that, that would be good. I, I, look, I, all I want is just something that can that can work, you know, um, and sort of work. Well, you know is, what? Is I, let, you know, I'm going to tell you this, Will. I'll tell you this right now. If within uh, a week and a half we, we don't have a resolution, I'll send you mine. No, I'm <laughs> that's, serious. That's not necessary. Right? No, I, I've got. A, I've got. Well, no, no, that's a stupid thing to suggest because I haven't had mine recalled. That's a very good point, yeah. actually. Um, I'll check the date, though. I wonder if March 2012 uh, was the very first one that was ever made, because I've got one of the first ones. So 
I might find yeah, out. Right. I'll, ch- I'll check the model numbers because, mate, I've got one sitting uh, in the in our storage just here in the house because we've got ducted air conditioning with heating now. So we just moved house. Lovely. So I certainly don't need it desperately. But look, let me call Dyson. Let me talk to them during the week. Let me see what they can do, and hopefully we'll get you a quick resolution. Okay. Yeah, look, that that would be uh, much to appreciated. Um, sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place, I suppose. Understand, yeah. Um, look, leave it with me. Um, I've got all your details. I'll I'll get you in touch with Dyson immediately. Okay. Yeah, look, that's fantastic, Trevor. And just one quick thing, if you've got a moment. Yeah. Um, uh, I spoke to you a, a while ago um, regarding the MBN, uh, just okay, when yep. the Liberals sort of changed their uh, their policy to fibre to the no. uh, node rather than, than uh, premises. Bit of a sore point and, for me uh, right now because uh, Chris Bowen, uh, the Bowen who does EFTM with me, does the cars and things, just got the no. MBN connected, fibre to the premise. So yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, filthy. Well, I had a query for you. I was sort of on the list. Um, I was scheduled to get it, but um, not for a bit of time. And, and I've sort of continued to be on the list if you look at the website. And only today there's been about six vans out in the streets um, with a huge spindle of, of, of fibre. So it's, uh, it, it's good to see that some, some areas are still getting it. So hopefully I should... See the, the the green fiber goodness and uh, the, yeah. The look, I I just I'd be cautious as to hold out any hope on anything because you just never know. But certainly from what I've seen and heard, um, that they're they're continuing the rollout in the areas that had you know progressed so far. Uh, yep. You know, if it's gone all the way to the point, then of course it's going to happen. I mean, Bowen, uh, the the MBN cable was run in front of his house. It's got to be six months ago. It's taken this long just to get it into the house. So there is a, oh, really? there is quite a long process even when it does come past your place. Uh, yeah. But if it comes near your place, then you know what? Even if it comes within QE of your place, the closer you are to the node, the better. And some of the initial mm. speed tests of the nodes haven't been bad. Um, I don't have a problem with fibre to the node broadly. I just know that it's not the final solution. So why didn't we build yeah. the final solution? So brilliant. Anyway, um, ho- keep holding out hope, my friend. You, you should be getting some NBN action. Uh, fingers crossed, mate. Fingers crossed. All right, good on you. Stay there. I'll get all your details and we'll put you in touch with Dyson. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate it. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. And thank you for listening. Uh, YourTechLife.com is the uh, name of the show. My name's Trevor Long. You can get in touch. Just go to the website eftm.com.au Now, have you had a think about the music that you hear when you're walking through the shops? Yeah, you're walking into a retail chain, uh, you're at the hairdresser, it doesn't matter. You're, you're sitting having coffee somewhere and there's music playing in the background. Do you, do you have any idea the drama that those shopkeepers, store owners, business people have to go through to let you hear that music, even if it's just the radio it is insane. Uh, I don't even want to get you started on the, the world of APRA, PPCA, and, and music rights because it is probably the most complicated thing that I've ever had attempted to be explained to me. And I've had to do APRA and PPCA deals. But a man who seems to know a whole lot more th- than me um, has created um, a, a very interesting concept and an app for business people. Uh, his name's Dean, Dean Turney, and he's on the line. G'day, Dean. Man, I'm really well. This is strange Hi. to me because, you know, obviously uh, what I just said, I think, you know, is, it doesn't resonate with the average public because the average person doesn't know that this goes on, really, do they? No, it's actually quite funny when I tell people, you know, I meet what I do and uh, they're like, oh, like, you're the guy that does that. I sometimes wonder how <laughs> retailers get music or what they do or how they do it. And then they even uh, are more astounded when they just sort of, to a degree, realise that my life is uh, just making playlists for a living. You literally um, pick music, playlist it, put it together so that people can hear it in in, uh, in stores. And I think, just correct me if I'm wrong, but you, the way you've done this in the past, um, having done this for such a long time, is actually providing a physical disc, a, a hard drive or a CD to stores to say, here's your playlist. Uh, you now have the rights. You know, they pay a, a fee and they now have the rights, having paid you that fee, to play that music publicly. Um, and then you obviously deal with the, the record labels and, and other people outside of that so the business owner doesn't have to do that. Um, that that's the that's the background to you where this comes from for you, is it not? Well, yeah, it started actually as a as a final year university assignment. I um I grew up with a love of music and DJing and studied marketing and as my final year assignment 
we were we was or as our final year, one of the classes that we were doing was um, uh, all about um, point of sale and things of the like. And um, I sort of stuck my hand up and said, "Well, you're talking about all the visual merchandising stuff. What about you know audio?" And they're like, "Yeah, you know, it's important, but there was nothing to it. There was nothing that was explained. It was just yeah." And I was pretty much just sort of brushed off. And so <laughs> I sort of went about for my final assignment which was actually having to set up a business, make a presentation, and then actually present to someone within the industry. I went about setting up marketing melodies, and that uh, presentation went uh, very well. <laughs> and after that, uh, you know, like a mock court or something like that, um, it, uh, the client actually said, look, we really liked uh, what you presented. Would you be interested in coming and talking to us? So, you know, my final year assignment sort of turned into my business, and that was... Uh, 25 years ago. It's a bit of a fairy tale, and, isn't it? I mean, actually actually coming from from study directly into your lifelong career is a pretty stunning um, stunning thing to do. Yeah, well, I still DJ, which is nice. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky my music is, is really... Sorry, my life is surrounded by music. My yeah. life is music, and it's fantastic. But what you said earlier in regard to sort of starting with hard drives, when I first began, I was actually um, mixing vinyl records in my bedroom at home living with my parents and recording it onto a cassette master oh, Lord. and then and then having to duplicate those for the retail stores and uh, the way I differentiated myself when we started and that's sort of one of the key areas that I've maintained with my business is that we've differentiated ourselves by um, customizing our playlists so when I first began it unbeknownst to me actually there was an American company that had an Australian division and they essentially made four styles of programs, an easy listening, a pop, a, a rock, and an instrumental, I think it was. Good old classic it, radio genres. Yep, and everyone had the same one. So yeah. Sports Girl, Portman's, Just Group, all of them, you know, if they wanted pop, they all were playing the same 90-minute pop cassette hmm. every month. And so what I did was I sort of said, well, that's not necessarily who your customer is. Um, let's work out how you can differentiate yourselves from your competitors. And so as part of that process, we also allowed them a demo. So I was making these cassettes, sending a cassette off. Someone, you know, the marketing person would come back and go, oh, look, we love it all except the third track on side two we didn't like. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I'd have to then, you know, redo side two of the cassette again in vinyl in real time, you know, and also try and make sure that the sides of the cassette weren't too long because if one was three minutes longer than the other, then you'd have three minutes of silence in the <laughs> store. So these, these were the issues that I had. Back in the day. And, and thankfully, as my business grew, um, technology improved. So soon, you know, I could burn cassette or burn cassettes using CDs and stuff. So CD technology then allowed me to be able to um, do it a lot quicker. I didn't have records that jumped like they mm. would occasionally and do things like that. And then obviously there became the ability to burn CDs directly and do it at, you know, you know, two to 24 times speed. Yep. So therefore I could continue to grow the business and, um, and do that and still manage to do it all myself, which, um, Oddly enough, I, I still do today. It's, uh, it's pretty much a one-man show, and we're, we're now looking up after over 1,500 retail stores throughout Australia. Bloody hell. And, and the progression then, um, most recently, is into creating a very unique service for retail, which is an app that does exactly this, which means that you don't have to deliver um, a physical anything to the, to the retail store because... It's all coming via the internet. You actually literally have an iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch app that allows the, the store to connect, play music coming from your service in their store uh, live via the internet. Yeah, that's true. And that, the genesis of that was really because I always wanted to have a way of delivering my programs. But obviously when it was cassette and CD, they were just generic you know, global um, delivery mechanisms. Mm. And then as, um, you know, when the internet sort of all started to happen in, in about 2000, you know, maybe 98, whatever it was, I um, actually met with a friend of mine who um, did new media and stuff. And we, we actually did a business plan about 
delivering programs via the internet, but it was too hard because everyone was still on dial-up and mm. all of these kind of things. And then it moved into different forms of technology, like you know, long play disc, and then ultimately systems that were being um, you could have a hard drive in your store where the music would download. And you know, with the pr- proliferation of the iOS, which is the Apple system, I just thought there was a, a better and um, easier way to do it. The hardware that retailers had to put in place was quite expensive. And given the fact that you could buy an iPod Touch for a couple hundred bucks, I went about creating the world's first um, app for in-store music. Mm. And uh, that, that's really the genesis of Storeplay. So, and so if, you know, if, if, you, if, if you're a retailer right now um, who's... Well, for someone that's not using Storeplay... Uh, let's say, let's let's find an example quickly. A cafe, um, they do have music playing. What are they doing now? Are they they just playing a radio station and paying the the, the music rights to that, or is there another service? And and what what do they do with you, and, and how does it operate? Well, look, what a lot of retailers don't realise is that you're not supposed to um, copy your music from your personal collection and then play it in 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 public. There's uh, four different companies that. Um, you need to pay to to do that. There's two companies called PPCA, mm-hmm. PPCA and Amcos. Yep. Sorry, and sorry, and Apra. Apra, I mean, yep. which most people who um, you know have a retail store would probably know of. And PPCA looks after the record companies, and Apra looks after the writers because often the writer of a song would be someone different to the, the performer yep. of that yep. song. And so anyone playing music in a um, in a public space, needs to pay their APRA and PPCA. So a lot of retailers, cafes, this cafe that you, you, you talk about, they might be just playing their own music and playing those, um, paying those fees and think that they're actually doing the right thing. But they almost are, but the, the thing that they're not realising is they actually have to pay feed to copy that music and use it. The mm. music that they might buy on iTunes or CDs that they've bought and they, they they copy onto any of their devices, that's okay for personal use. But then when Not you the start cafe. to use that in a commercial environment, there's rights that need to be paid. And you can get essentially licenses from APRA and, um, and PPCA that cover that. And it's essentially based around how many songs that you... Um, you might um, use and whatever. But that actually is more expensive than using a company like us. Right. So how so does it work? We, so I've got my cafe. I've been, I've been just playing my own CDs and I've, I've not been yeah. doing anything. So I have to start using yeah. you, for example. Or I've been, doing, I've been you know, dealing directly with all four of those organizations to allow me to play just my, my personal iPhone library. What's the what's the difference when I when I ring you up or, or sign up? What what well, do I do? What what I did with one of the things that um, I did with Storeplay was I was very conscious of the fact that o- over the the life journey, all of this in-store music had really been targeted towards the larger retailers with uh, multiple stores. You know, generally, obviously the big ones are like the Cotton Ons and the the just groups and things like that. So they're obviously the ones that everybody w- would love to have as a client. Um, but no one was looking after the individual stores. So when I set up store play, there's two sides of it. One where I do bespoke playlists for larger retailers. Mm. But on the store play website, what you can actually do is you can actually just go to the website. You can um, listen to any of the various playlists we do. And we do nine different playlists that are essentially generic playlists that we Mm -hmm. update every month. And then you can select one of those playlists or two of those playlists or as many as you'd like, to be honest. Um, And you can um, create an account and then you put in your credit card details. And then on the first of each month, the credit card is deducted and you're sent a new three-hour playlist. So that's how you sign up. On the other end, all you need to do is have any iOS device, whether it be an iPod, Touch, iPad, um, or iPhone, but I wouldn't recommend using your iPhone because then when you get calls, the music's going to stop. So you want (laughs) ultimately a a dedicated device. And then you just put in your username and and password, and the music will will start downloading once you've done that. So 
you know, our catchphrase is music in minutes. And literally, mm-hmm. you can create an account within five minutes and all you need to do is then put in the um, username and password and then away you go. And, and is there no, then no need to deal directly with PPCA and, and APRA? Well, as part of the, the process, you can continue to pay that yourself or you can pay that as part of our fee. Right. So, so, so um, I, can, yeah. I can deal with, I can have one payment, I can sign up with one person, that's you, and you can handle that entirely for me. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. And we can do up to 50 stores like that. Like we've had multiple store retailers that have signed up um, and done that. So, you know, if it's one cafe, that's great. If it's... Uh, you know, a chain of cafes or, you know, something like that, they can do it, whichever. And um, one of the other advantages sort of in paying those APRA and PPCA royalties to us as well is that you generally would pay them yearly in advance. So this is far better for a business's cash flow, and, and that's very important these days as well. Yep. And we also offer um, for any any retailer, but mainly um, targeted towards the restaurants and cafes, we offer a PPCA-free program as well because for those in the industry, um, they would know that those fees have gone up um, quite dramatically in the last uh, five years. Right. It can um, cost anywhere between 600 and $6,000 just for your PPCA fees. What? Yeah. So it's now tied to the number of days you operate, the number of seats you have, and oddly, the average price of your main meal <laughs> it's insane i got i got i mean you deal with this every day and i don't know whether you whether you just uh become immune to it but it is insane i, I but get, don't get me wrong people need to pay for music totally 100 percent. correct but the, the 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 concepts around the way that operates is it must be hard for small business to even think about they must just go bugger it people can listen to their headphones yeah, and that's why we, we came up with this option to be able to offer these PPCA-free programs. And, you know, the music's great music. It's sort of quite, you know, Cafe Del Mar, quite chill out. And we've got yeah. another sort of um, easy listening one, which is sort of a little bit jazzy, lots of covers and things like that. So, you know, you're not going to be able to play your, your top 40 artists, mm. but, you, you know, have you music. are going to say... You are going to potentially save yourself up to $6,000 if you're a high-end restaurant. And, it, um, it never ceases to amaze me what people are doing online. I mean, this, this, to be honest, is just an amazing business concept that you've been able to take from university through 25 years of, of your career. Um, but it, it must be really exciting to see how radical a change you can, you can affect upon your own you know, business with the benefit of the internet and mobile technology. It's amazing. Yeah, it's and, and look, this is only the start of it, to be completely honest. I, I don't see um, store plays just being about in-store music. We've got lots of other ideas that we want to build to the platform. We want to be able to um, create it so that not only do, does it relate to the um, retail and cafe owners, but actually can there'll, there'll be a forward-facing component to it so that customers can actually interact with the music as well yeah, just, and do things like that. So I mean, you think of, the, think of the old uh, American cafes with a little jukebox on the table. I mean, that's, that's the concept you could work towards, really, isn't it? You, you have the exactly. app. Yeah, right. That's cool. Exactly. You know, you're sitting and in a cafe and you get to put your things, your, 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 play, your choice in, into the jukebox, essentially, and uh, out it comes through. Uh, an internet-connected, um, you know, multimedia library of songs that, you know, could be endless. Yeah, it's that kind of scenario that we're working on and, and a lot of other stuff to sort of try and take it to that next level. And because of the way it's built, you know, that that's easy for us yeah. to, to to build into it. Plus, you you've know, got 25 of years of experience things. in the music industry, so it helps. Yeah, and look, I'm, I'm still out there DJing. I'm one of the musical directors. I was up in... Sydney, I did all the group shows for Sydney Fashion Week oh. um, about three or four weeks ago. I played at the Logies after party the other night and I'm still a little bit tired. <laughs> you know, I do a lot of, um, I, I play for my the Spring Carnival. So I'm quite entwined with the fashion industry and um, it, it's great because I work with lots of different designers and they're always thinking ahead, looking for inspiration overseas, not only you know, fashion, but also with music because that often inspires, inspires yeah. what's happening and, and they're looking at everything that's going on. So it's a great network that I'm, I'm tapped into that allows me to constantly be 
hopefully keep ahead of the game. But at the same time, there's programs that are, are there for all kinds of retailers. It's not, you know, I, would, I wouldn't want to think that someone couldn't find a program that um, doesn't suit them. And if there isn't, in all honesty, and, and there's a demand for it, I'll, I'll create another program. Good if there's you. something that we're, we're, we're really missing out on and something that uh, there's a demand for. Good on you, Dean. Amazing idea, amazing uh, business that you've got, let alone uh, the fact that you've been able to turn it into an app that um, could uh, change the way uh, cafes and small businesses and, uh, and different businesses alike can interact with what is a, a difficult and, and tough little world of music rights management. So uh, good on you, mate, and I wish you all the best with it. Thank you very much. And if you want to check out more about Storeplay, you can go to their website, storeplay.com.au, storeplay.com.au. So if you've got, seriously, any business where people walk into a store and you've got music playing, uh, I think you need to have a look at what store play can offer for you because you may be able to either save money, as um, as Dean said, or um, certainly get a much better and more fresh playlist for your audiences. So the listeners uh, to this music in, the, in your store um, can get great benefit uh, from a great playlist, and that's what, uh, that's what store play does. Storeplay.com.au your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Now, I've um, got a couple of emails during the week which we couldn't get to in terms of callers on the show. Peter uh, from Dalkeith in WA said, uh, Hi, Trevor, love the show. I listen to your podcast, among others, in bed when the kids are asleep. And I'm winding down, preparing for a good sleep. Well, I was trying to speak quietly for you, Peter. Um, should I sing a lullaby? A uh, good thing about podcasts is I can finish off the show the next day if I drift off. But how does it know where you drifted off? You have to remember what you last heard. Uh, he says, I heard you recently take, talking to the lady about um, getting a wireless network extended down to the distant shed for Hubby, I think it was, uh, which is problematic, as I explained. As of about 10 years ago, my alternative to a wired cable solution has been internet over power. Using existing power lines, which I assume he has in his shed. It works well for me. I know the signal drops off over distance, but should be good enough to solve the problem. It's a very good point. I don't think I raised that with Julie. I'm, 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 I don't remember. Julie it was, and I suggested digging a trench and running a line. But if the shed has power, and if that power is on the same circuit as the rest of the house, then yes, Peter, you could put a power over Ethernet plugs and it's basically a, a plug that goes into the powerpoint and then the, there's a plug from the that powerpoint into your router and then at the other end down in the shed you plug in the same style little system but the power the the cord the ethernet cord then goes into your computer or wherever it is and you've got yourself internet uh so thank you for that peter much appreciate that um uh, the extension plug can be a wireless access access point for a few extra dollars so some great options out there if julie's listening hopefully they will help you and peter thank you very much for getting in touch your tech life with trevor long and thank you for listening thank you for downloading your tech life if you've got a question about technology a problem with technology or you want to know anything about the world of technology send me an email at the website eftm.com.au g'day gaia uh, hello trevor well how can i help you what are you after um Looking, um, I want to download House of Cards season one, and then season two. Aha! Uh-huh. And I've been able to do that. And and so you're trying to get it on the internet, are you? Yes. Well, there's really only uh, only two ways to do it. The first one is illegal, <laughs> uh, and it's called bit torrenting. Uh, yes. If, have you done, have you ever done torrenting? No, but I've got friends who do. I don't like the idea of it, so I don't. Yeah. Look. I I don't even do it. Even for someone like me who does a lot of technology, it's. I mean, I just go. There's easier ways to do it, frankly, and you know, more legal ways. The other way to do it is then to buy it. There is no way to watch it for free, essentially. That is legal. Um, okay. So essentially, you need to go to say iTunes, for example. Um, it's for sale there. Um, season one is is available to buy on iTunes, or yeah. uh, Google Play Music. Um, sorry, Google Play Movies. So I would either use Google Play Movies or iTunes. They are the two ways I would buy Season 1. Season 2 um, is probably now available. I should have a search while we're quickly talking. But uh, it was only on Foxtel originally. Uh, and then they were holding back the rights for um, for Season 2 to be sold. But it may well be that, yes, yeah, Season 2 is now available on iTunes as well. So you could buy all of it uh, on iTunes. The problem is... 
uh, problem, I, I say. It's about $40 for Season 1 and $42 for Season 2. Okay. But, well, Gaia, l- let me but... tell you, for 80 bucks, that's the best 23 hours of entertainment you'll get in a long time. Okay. It's a great thanks, show. Thanks very much for your advice, Trevor. It's a great thanks, show, thanks. well worth the investment, and, uh, and hopefully you can watch it and enjoy it, okay? Okay, thank you very much, Good on Thank you, and uh, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, eftm.com.au. You know, at the end of the show, I just want to say a couple of things which is completely unrelated to technology, but sometimes I guess some things don't get said and and certainly not the opportunity for me to say them on the radio. You know, this is a really interesting uh, weekend and, and, and week for me. Um... There's a few anniversaries, all of them tragic, uh, over the next week or so. Uh, the day I record this, um, today, uh, April 30th, is um, the 20th anniversary of the death of Roland Ratzenberger, who was uh, racing for the Simtech Formula One racing team um, in 1994. And um, I, he, he was killed at the Imola Circuit uh, in, in Italy, San Marino, Italy. Um, tragic accident, um, and the, the I guess the worst part about his death is that it was completely overshadowed um, a day later uh, by the death of Ayrton Senna. Uh, I'm a massive Formula One fan, as you know, and um, Roland Ratzenberger was killed on the Saturday at uh, the Imola racetrack, and Ayrton Senna died literally the day later at the same racetrack, and uh, it changed Formula One forever. And you know what? It's 20 years ago. It's a very, very long time ago. And uh, I still think about it a lot. I th- it, it, it didn't, didn't uh, sway my love for the sport, but I'm damn glad they changed the rules and regulations at the tracks and in the cars to make it safer. The other, um, and then on the 3rd of May, which will be this Saturday, uh, it is the 10th anniversary of the death of uh, Peter Fralingos, who was an unbelievably outstanding rugby league uh, writer and commentator and was a colleague and, and mate of mine at the radio station 2GB in Sydney, where he was one of the one of the great blokes behind um, on the air as a part of the continuous call team uh, with Ray and, and Bob and Blocker. And I've got to tell you, I worked with him for years, and he was an amazing bloke, down to earth, uh, loved the laugh, loved cars. And you know what? I reckon he'd be super proud of the work um, that Bowen and I are doing these days uh, with motor vehicles uh, on EFTM. Uh, the website so um yeah you know that's that's a rough uh three days over the course of four and then uh, um, next friday the ninth is the 38th anniversary of the death of my father um who who died before i was born in a car accident and you know it's a tough month may doesn't make life easy but um so goes life and you know what uh, let me let me find a technology hook for you there i love the fact that not only can we be reminded by technology not that I really, really would ever forget any of those dates, but I do have in my diary, for example, um, uh, Chippy's Chippy's anniversary because I often sometimes forget was it two thousand and four or two thousand and five. So it's nice to be reminded of that. But also, it's nice to be able to share. You know, it's really nice today to be able to share a photo of Roland Ratzenberger in his Simtech Formula One car and see people share that amongst themselves and and also appreciate the the sharing and and just talk about it. It's a really nice social way to to appreciate uh, the life of people who who, who have gone. So, anyway, a, a somber way to end. I, I will admit, probably the most somber ending to this program ever. But uh, something I, I wanted to acknowledge because um, it's it's a it's a rough week, and uh, we should always remember those that have gone, um, and we should never forget them when they're gone. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This has been your Tech Life. 